You're listening to WCAT Radio, your home for authentic Catholic programming. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to WCAT Radio. And uh, my name is Father Lawrence Tucker from the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. And I have the privilege today to be speaking with a great, uh, a great Catholic woman, a real artist. She's a writer. She's a painter. She's a songwriter. She's a recording artist. She's a musician. Her name is Mary Klosko. And uh, so we're going to uh, spend some time with her, getting to know her, getting to know especially her music CD. That's really what we want to discuss today. And so, um, Mary, uh, how are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you, Father Larry. I appreciate the introduction. <laughs> well, it's, it's a privilege, Mary. Um, you, you know, I think our listeners, maybe some of them have not heard of you yet and uh, don't know really that much about you. So I'd like to start, if it's okay, with asking you, you know, what was your youth like? Like, where, where, where did you grow up? I'm assuming you grew up in the U.S., but, like, where, where did you yes. grow up? Well, I am um, 100% Polish, which doesn't happen often in the United States to be 100% anything anymore, right? <laughs> but um, sure. I grew up in Indiana. My, um, when my grandparents came over from, or great-grandparents came over from Poland, they settled in Grand Rapids, Michigan, mm-hmm. and it's a very, very Polish Catholic city. And, um, like, you only married... Polish Catholics from your neighborhood, <laughs> you know, and so um, in that way, the ethnicity was uh, was really kept, and my parents, once they got married, they moved down to Indiana, and I am the ninth of 13 children. Wow. Um, my parents had uh, six daughters, uh, um, six sons, and seven daughters, and actually, my mom had one more daughter that she miscarried kind of late on. Um, at the very end, but um, then she started taking in foster babies. And it's interesting how God works because she never would have done that if she had that youngest child. And we ended up keeping our 13th foster baby and adopting him to be my youngest brother. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I come from a really big Catholic family in Indiana, and right now I have 74 Nieces and nephews, I think. I always have to keep counting. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, so I'm from, I've always been in Indiana, in Elkhart, um, just a little Yeah, so you, you grew up there in Elkhart. Uh, <laughs> I did. Childhood, um, you know, did you belong to, like, the church choir or the school choir? Because you, you sing beautifully, you know, was that in your youth as well? You know what, I think like one semester, and I couldn't even tell you what grade it was in grade school, I remember singing in a choir at church. Um, And my mom let me take voice lessons for a couple months when I was in like third grade. So it wasn't really old enough to develop a whole lot, but it was something, it was a bass, right? Um, And we didn't have a lot of music in our family because um, my parents they didn't have a piano. I mean, they couldn't afford instruments. We, they came from um, very simple means, you know. And uh, so we had a lot of singing in the house just kind of in a playful way, but um, not anything kind of official. My nieces and nephews are extremely musical. So I know we had the genes, you know, and um, uh, yeah. they are incredible musicians. But... Um, uh. Oh, that's you nice know, we, to know. We didn't oh, really have a whole. Oh, they are. Yeah, they're incredible. <laughs> so. You, they they have you as a kind of an example. So you were growing up there in Elkhart, uh, kind of a a suburban type place. I'm I'm guessing it's near South Bend. Yeah, it's near South Bend. It's a you know a little bit smaller, and you know we always joked that there's no reason we any of us would have stayed in Elkhart except for each other. Um, but all except one sibling settled here because family was so important to us growing up. And that was the one thing my parents taught us. And if we ever thought about arguing, 
I mean, we didn't fight really growing up. But if we even thought about it, we would get the lecture that God chose to give you siblings to take care of. And, you know, you have a responsibility. And, you know, we always um, were raised with kind of that in us, that you always kind of take care of your siblings. And, like, you don't run off with friends and leave your siblings, you know, (laughs) that those are your first, you know, responsibility. And so everybody, you know, um, settled around here and... um, and it's Elkhart's, you know, smaller than South Bend, but South Bend has Notre Dame. So um, right, we right. grew up under the shadow of the dome, <laughs> you know. That, wow. And wow. So do you, do you remember, Mary, uh, when you were a youngster, do you remember, like, being drawn to music? Did you have that sense that, gee, I really like this stuff. You know, I like singing. Uh, I like listening to not, it. I'm just... Right. A little bit. I loved when I heard people sing the way that I do now, which is more kind of an authentic sound of just like an instrument and a voice, like not really synthesized, you know, or like dressed up, you know. Um, And I used to really like that. Um, And yeah, that that kind of drew me. But I never thought about um, like owning a guitar or writing a song or any of that was not in my background. And it actually... It wasn't until um, I had met um, a little bit more charismatic people when I was at Notre Dame, and they did beautiful praise and worship that I thought, oh, I would love to do music. And so when I graduated from Notre Dame, I asked for money towards a guitar, and my parents gave me some money, and I put some more in, and that's the guitar I still have, you know, 20-some years later. Um, And then I had no idea what to do with it because I, I didn't have lessons, and I've never had a lesson. That's what's so funny about this whole thing, is the Holy oh. Spirit just teaches me everything that I do. And so I went down. I was a hermit for a year, and I brought the guitar, but I never learned what to do. And then I ended up actually with the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity in Robstown preparing for the Russian mission. And I showed up with a guitar, and they said, um, oh, you play guitar? You're going to play the music at all the school masses. And I said, oh. I don't even know how to play a chord. And they said, well, you have till Friday to learn. <laughs> so I learned three chords <laughs> of, like, the simplest praise and worship song. And, um, and you know, I play, it was just for the sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. But that's kind of how I learned is, you know, like a baby thrown in water is they put me in the front of the church and said, <laughs> if Mary owns a guitar, then she's leading music. <laughs> oh, that's it. Oh, that's some wow! That that's really wonderful. How the Lord, you know, how He gave you that mission. He gave you the inspiration to love the the praise and worship music in Notre Dame to get the guitar. Right. He gave you your mission. You know, you're gonna you're gonna do some music ministry, and right. you learned it. Right. As you said, the Spirit just taught you. You used your own, you know, intelligence and such, your own ability. And right. so did you enjoy it when you started playing uh, for the for the well, school children? I, did you enjoy yeah, that? I, I enjoyed it, but I knew I wasn't that good, and that bothers me because um, I have a, a, a pretty sharp, like, artistic ear. <laughs> so, like, I can appreciate good music. I can appreciate good art. So, like, if I did something, I painted something that wasn't that quality, it would bother me because... Um, uh, I can appreciate that which is good. So I knew that I wasn't what I was listening to of people who had been playing their whole life, right? Yeah. Um, and I had friends in high school that played, and I loved, you know, sitting around kind of trying to sing with them, but they were excellent. They were excellent on guitar. And so, you know, yes, I enjoyed it, but I always kind of had that angst that I, like, I'm, I just pray really hard, Lord, make me good enough, you know? Oh, okay. Make me good yes. enough. Yes. Well, he, you you certainly are good enough. I mean, you know, the children uh, were very happy. I'm sure to have you. You know, as you know, I'm I'm familiar with Robstown as well. Right. Right. And the school there, and the kids, and the and the morning masses, and the children right. at the mass. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful scenario. And uh, but uh, so uh, tell me a little bit more about how you developed as a musician. You know. You, you mentioned that you were drawn, you know, in your earliest youth to that simplicity right. of music, which when right. I listen to your music now, 
Mm-hmm. I hear kind of like uh, like a folk sound, like a folk kind of uh-huh. like Joan Baez or something like that. You know, okay, I like that sound. <laughs> so that makes a, me happy. <laughs> that's the sound. I mean, that really is the original folk music of not just the United States, but of Ireland, of Scotland, right. of so right. many places in Europe where you know the troubadour sound of the of the beautiful singing voice, the beautiful lilting melodies and then the 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 tranquil uh guitar accompanying it and supporting the melodies you know that's where it all starts and that's why i have this feeling that your music is going back to the to the roots really you know Mm -hmm. that folksy uh you know Uh roots of the beginning where i think that is what gives your music it's it's one of the elements that gives your music the power you know Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit more about how you developed, uh, you know, so you're in the Society of Our Lady, you're at St. Anthony, right. you're doing, and you're developing so your that. music. Where did I it go did. from I there? Did. Well, I didn't have a whole lot of time down there to devote to practicing anything more than for the Friday Masses. Right. And right. so I brought my guitar to Siberia when I went to Father Mission. <laughs> and some of the priests there played guitar. And they showed me a few things they were doing, um, but I, what I had there was some time. And I still didn't know more than five or six chords, but the Lord started giving me songs. And that song, it's probably the favorite I've ever written, The Fire of Your Love, came ah. to me before my fingers would ever know what to do on a guitar. And um, I wrote it not knowing what chords those are. And yeah. later when I returned to the United States, I played it for a friend of mine and said, what are these chords? And he, in fact, I still do that for him sometimes. <laughs> this is the most recent song I wrote, that Maria Bambina. I, I sent it to him and I said, Mike, can you tell me what chords I'm playing? Because <laughs> I made the song up and I don't know how to write it. And so he sent it back uh, to yeah. me. So I at least have it written down. But um, it all just kind of came. And it was like the Holy Spirit taught me, like would inspire me what to do with my fingers. And um, that happened over the next few years where I got all of the songs that are on the CD that you heard. Um, I've written probably eight to ten more since then, since I recorded that CD that I would love to do another CD for. Um, But I... It just kind of came to me, it, and it would always be an experience in prayer. I would spend five to seven hours a day in prayer, and so it was a way, um, you know, those experiences are so deep with Jesus. Um, yeah. He would meet me in that, and, you know, I just, I spoke a couple of weeks ago with Tim, Timothy Schmaltz, the sculptor, and he asked me in talking about my art, do you do poetry? And I said, well, not really, just a little bit. But then later I was thinking, you know what, my songs is that, you know, it kind of comes out like a poem that I also get a melody for. Um, And so I would just, I would play them on retreats when I went. And um, I think as time has gone on, I've become better. But I've, for example, never learned how to pick. And I have had people recently tell me, Mary, you are really good at picking on guitar. Nobody has ever taught me it, and you can't show me it in a book or tell me something and have it work. I do it all by just what's kind of in me. And my poor nieces and nephews, I'm teaching them right now on Thursdays how to play guitar, and my sister was asking me, but how do you do what you're doing? And I said, I literally don't know, Kathy. Like, I don't know how to explain it to you (laughs) because my fingers just start doing it. It's yeah, just like I like you know, it, you know. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, your description of your experience with developing your skills with music and such, and your description of you know your way of your experience of composition—that's not all that uncommon, you know. Like many musicians, first of all, every musician starts out as a student, starts out as learning, right. and. Right. Um, the Beatles, for example, uh, all four of them, none of them knew how to read or write music. None of them had mm-hmm. any formal training. Uh, you take, for example, Paul McCartney, he played guitar, uh-huh. he played bass, he played acoustic guitar. 
and he played a little bit of piano, they learned it just the way you're saying. You know, the music really? comes from within. In other words, and that's what right. I'm hearing with you. You're you're truly a musician because the music is coming. You know, you know, a lot of people can just learn music, get a teacher and learn, but that doesn't right. necessarily mean that they're going to end up composing. See, the, right. the composer as you are, a songwriter, it has to come from within. That's what right. really, uh, that's the phenomena, I think. And so you were just following like, oh, I, I want this note, I want this sound, I can hear the sound in my heart and right. my mind. Where exactly. is that on this guitar? And exactly. then you would find it, and it's like, okay, okay, I've got it. That's what I want. You know, that's exactly. that's composition. You know, that's what I had a friend in New York, a, a family friend, a friend of the family, who used to work right. in David Bowie's household. As I think uh-huh. she was a nanny, and she was uh-huh. telling me a story once. And David Bowie lived on Fifth Avenue uh, for a long time. Uh-huh. I think after he died, his wife is still there. But in any case. She was in the house one time, and she the phone rang, and it was Bowie. And he said, uh-huh. hey, um, listen, it, you know where my guitar is? And she said, yeah, I'm looking at it. It's right over in the corner. There. He says, right. pick it up and just just play, just strum the strings. You know, don't hit any notes. Just strum the open strings one at a time slowly into the phone. I just have to hear what key that uh, I'm working on a song in my head, and I want to hear <laughs> what key it's in. And she just oh, that's funny. each of the strings, and he said, okay, thank you. And that was right. it. That's how musicians work. They work from within, and then right. they take it to the piano or to the guitar or whatever, and they might even be that great on that particular instrument. It doesn't matter. They're composing right. music, you know? Right, right. That so is that, incredible. That is yeah. incredible. You know, I'll tell you, even teaching, like, my nieces and nephews, I have a nephew who... You know, my sister said, well, he's not really practicing a whole lot of what you told him. And, you know, look at the way he has his own style. And I said, well, you know, I'm not correcting that because I like his style. And he's a kid. So, you know, I like what he's doing, like what it sounds like, the way he's doing it. And I said, eventually he'll learn the chords. But there is something in him that he was expressing that's very different than his sister's. And um, I liked it. (laughs) You know, and it was something of his own heart and I said I'm not it's okay that he doesn't do what I told him like I like he's got the concept of playing music on a guitar you know <laughs> and so uh, yeah, let yeah. it well, go uh, so composition is is like that I mean uh, if you're anything from from what I can see you're an artist and so the, you could recognize the artistry of your of your nephew was it you know the little guy uh-huh, who was my nephew right yeah uh, you know you have the heart and the spirit of an artist and that's going to be a real blessing for your family and and such you know um so it's just beautiful to see how god developed that in you and brought it uh, to fruition do you remember mary by any chance as you were growing you know high school college whatever uh, what were some of maybe the musical influences outside of, let's say, going to church and hearing that music? Was there any kind of music in particular that you would listen to, enjoy? Yes. <laughs> like Neil Young, Bob Dylan, James Taylor. <laughs> I really like them. <laughs> um, the stuff that you can still pick up on the guitar and just play and sing, you know? Yeah. Um, and I really liked old U2. Um, okay. The newer stuff I'm not as fond of, but, um, you know, the older stuff, the Joshua Tree, the Rattle and Hum, the, you know. Um, yeah. I And B.B. King. I actually, in high school, a friend of mine and I drove to um, Gary on one holy Saturday night. I would never do that now on holy Saturday <laughs> But we went to a B.B. King concert, and it was so funny because we were the only white people in the whole building, the only young people, and oh. the only people in flannel and jeans. Oh, my god! It was like an affair for, like, older, like, very dressed up, you know, and, it, it, like, we were so out of place at this B.B. King concert. <laughs> but um, we loved guitar. And yeah. so... Oh. Well, you were fans, you know, that's the main right. thing. You were there you, right. for him to hear his beautiful music, you know. Right, right. You know, I used to um. I used to think of the world of, of Dylan, you know. I also liked uh-huh. Neil Young and, and James Taylor uh-huh. and such. 
the classic folk people, Crosby, Stills, and Nash and such. Right. Uh, so I used to think, wow, you know, Bob Dylan, he's really, he just, his his poetic lyrics, you know, the powerful melodies, is just so good. And then I heard Donovan's soundtrack for Brother, Son, Sister, Moon. You uh-huh. know, when they were making Brother, Son, Sister, Moon, uh-huh. They wanted the producer and such, the director producer. They wanted uh, Paul Simon to do the soundtrack. Oh yeah, and uh-huh. he didn't. He refused it. He didn't want to do it for whatever reason. Why? I, and uh-huh. but then they went to Donovan, and he said, "I'll do it." And I'm so glad he said he'd do it because, you know, in my opinion, Donovan's the soundtrack for Brother, Son, Sister Noon, uh, Sister Moon. Uh, uh-huh. surpasses anything Dylan ever wrote. And, you know, right. because there was always this competition between Dylan and Donovan. Donovan oh, was I considered to be <laughs> the British Dylan, you know. And the right, question was, right. well, who's actually better? Well, Dylan right. was sort of better, you know. But when I right. heard <laughs> heard Donovan's soundtrack to Brother, Sun, Sister, and Moon, I said, oh, my gosh, he is fantastic. He's like... exactly succeeded Dylan by, like, light years with this beautiful music, you know? Right. But his right. music is kind of like yours, in a sense. I mean, that soundtrack it reminds me uh-huh. a little bit of yours, but yours is, is different. There's a different quality. It goes deeper into the mystic right. sort of dimension of our Catholic experience. Right. Um, so that's why I asked her, what were your influences, you know? And, and I, you know what? I liked the Irish folk. Like when you say that, there have been times I would hear myself singing and I'd think, I almost sound like an Irish folk singer. Like I like that sound, you know? And I don't have Irish roots, but I do like that kind of, um, that sound. So that is a compliment in my opinion. <laughs> yes, definitely. You know, your sound, it, it calls to mind... Yes, uh, Irish folk music, but it calls to mind for me folk music in general. But then there's some kind of magic that goes on there. There's right. something else there. It's called the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that's the spirit, and that's you. That's you as a as an individual. I, I mean, you know. Uh, so as we're talking, I'm thinking, I'm picturing your youth. You know, a beautiful uh-huh. Catholic family. You know, the faith. You know, prayer. You can see how your spirit was being seasoned and developed and just, you know, the Lord just takes his time, you know, over years. He just deepens, gradually deepens, deepens. And then when the person is ready, you know, he brings them through their gifts and their gifts just start to emerge and just start to sanctify uh, everything around them. And so uh, that's how I'm sort of saying, you, you know, your your life, I mean, your book, you know, the book that you wrote is so beautiful, The, Thank the Holiness you. of Womanhood. I, I hope all our listeners can check out your book. And um, now, in, your, in one of your songs, Mary, there's a word, and I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. going to say it right, preet or preet. Preeti. Preeti. Uh-huh, it's in Russian. Ah, Russia and what does that word mean? It, it is come. Like Holy Spirit, Priti Duke Sviatoi is come Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, from the time I was very little, I was fascinated with language. Like if I had another lifetime, that's another thing I could like study forever is different languages constantly. Because I learned how, like it's it's got to be that poetic part of my heart where you want to find the word that expresses what you're trying to say exactly. And I started to learn that there were words in other languages that had connotations that we don't have. Yeah. And, um, you know, and so I would kind of became a linguist. Um, I wouldn't say I've perfected any language besides English, but I speak quite a few. And um, that's how I can appreciate it. Because there's a, you know, sometimes I'll find myself even in, you know, prayer or in my own thoughts, interjecting, sometimes I accidentally do it in a conversation, I'll interject a word from another language Uh. to express what I'm saying. And I'm like, oops, sorry, wrong language, but it is exactly Uh. what I was thinking, you know? And so in that song, um, it was, you know, Yahweh come, it was pre-T, like come, um, 
And it's, you know, when they pray, come Holy Spirit. And so um, it just, I remember it sitting there, even the sound of it. And so I was like, I'm just putting it, (laughs) you know. I'm glad you did because it works. It's it's uh, it's beautiful. It's mysterious, and it, it it causes the listener to to wonder. You know, I know that means something pertaining to right. this line, and right. you can almost assume just by the sense of the line that it means. Right. You know, but uh, now what about memento mori, alleluia, mori. Memento mori. Yes, remember death, alleluia. So it's, you know, you know, there's saints who would use that as their motto, memento mori, alleluia. And I knew a priest that used to say that to me, no matter how hard things got, he'd look at me and say, memento mori, alleluia, Mary, you know. And it, uh. But then it was that idea of, instead of people who fear death, the idea of death being, and John of the Cross touches on this, but... Um, Death being the culmination of union with Christ, almost like when you can't get any closer, Mm. then there's that little breath, that little snap of a finger, and you're there, and it's not like you're losing earth and gaining something. It's almost like, like, like it's a fulfillment of something, and so, um, and if you listen to that song that's about it, and it's like meeting Jesus on, you know, the beach. And there's a specific beach. That in college, we used to go up to a friend of mine's beach house sometimes. And, um, you know, at night, a few times, we'd make a campfire there, and we'd sit around. And I don't know if we sing. I don't remember. But um, I specifically remember walking upon that beach alone a few times and having spiritual experiences. And that song... Um, kind of brought me back to that, you know, um, where you can be alone on a beach and the Lord can come almost like walking off of water to meet you. And um, him like kind of swooping me up into heaven, you know, like for me, my death will be a glorious joy. And I hope for people around me someday, you know, to remember that the muck of this world is nothing, absolutely nothing. Father Flanagan um, used to say, keep your head in heaven, your heart on the cross, and your feet on earth. Yeah. And um, that song kind of reminds me of that. So it's remember death, alleluia, but with an alleluia, right? Yes, yes. Well, you know, <clears throat> Mary, there, you know, these poetic images come so naturally and so easily uh, to you it's really mm-hmm. a, a wonder to, to see. Like, I'm looking at my notes on your music, and mm-hmm. you know, for that memento mori, hallelujah, I have death mm-hmm. is only one kiss away. You know, what right. an incredible image. I mean, it's just a beautiful image right. of when we pass from this life, uh, as St. Paul says, it'd be in like the blinking of an eye. When we pass right. from this life, it's just Jesus giving you a little kiss, and off you go, you know, to the new exactly. life. Exactly. Almost like pulling you into that new life. Yes, and then another beautiful line, I felt your heartbeat sing within the wind. I mean, yes. these oh. images are, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> they're so beautiful, and yet they come to you so fluidly. It's really a marvel. Um, and, and it's incredible know. because there's nothing else that could explain what I experience but mm-hmm. that. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's an ex- it's an experiential, um, you know, work to write music, to do art, to even do writing. It's, um, and I need to study phenomenology better. But I've had people tell me that the, it, my life has a lot to do with that. Where it's, it's the experience. It, God speaks to you and works with you through your experience. You know, yeah. and. Um, And it just kind of flows out from that. And I did, I will say growing up, I did like to write poetry. Maybe not songs, but I did write poetry. Um, So that, you know, I did have a little bit of history of that kind of in, I would say, junior high probably on. Okay. uh, Well, that's a musical thing. Poetry is music, you know. Right. Yeah, well, I'm looking at my notes here, Mary, and, uh, you know, the first song... uh, um, well, the Emmanuel song, okay. 
Here's another mm-hmm. beautiful poetic line that just flows out of your heart, and, uh, but it's so exceptional in its beauty. Uh, his spirit will give birth to Jesus on the cross within me. You know, yes. what a beautiful image. I mean, the spirit will give birth to Jesus on the yes. cross. But Jesus I on will the, tell you, you know, these me. things, I think they're given to me by God, and then I learn from them as much as you. Like, that's why, like, I don't like always giving my art away, because yeah. I get so much out of looking at it. I don't know if anybody else would appreciate it, because I know it's not for me. It's like the Holy Spirit speaking to me. My music is the same way. That... I can actually listen to, meditate on, and grow in my faith as if I wasn't the author of it, you know? But I think it's because the Holy Spirit would give me these words. And then I could go back, like, to that. Like, you're right. Like, the Holy Spirit giving birth to Jesus on the cross in me. That is incredible. Yeah, well, you know. It's really an incredible thing to think about. Well, the Spirit works within you, within your heart, within your art, but it's because you have uh, nurtured that relationship. You know, you, you can see right. your lyrics that you have nurtured this beautiful oneness and intimacy with Jesus. Now, the next song, Lord, Give Me Light. What a beautiful yes. line. Quiet love, mm-hmm. so simple. I mean, that right. line right there is just classic. I mean, it's just so powerful, right. so much to the point, And it says you know, bundles about your music. It's really like quiet love, so simple. You know, and that's the kind of right. thing, Mary, that the world needs today. That's the kind of thing, that's yes. the exact thing that has been lost. Yes, quiet, I agree. So simple, you know, everything is so complex, so complicated. Right. Everyone's burdened with so many right. different things. It's just... It, Life has become just this incredible, almost like a torture, you know? And, right. And the, the Lord raises you up, uh, to use a phrase, you know, raising up somebody. He's right. spared you, and then he unleashes you on this right. the upset, neurotic. And I'm not just talking about our times right now with COVID, but, but that is a serious, no, in general. You know, tension right. that we're going through. But in general... The complication and the confused noisiness of our world, and then here comes this beautiful voice. Your voice is unique. It's beautiful. It's it's a childlike. It's just and then the beautiful lyrics. I mean, the lyrics, Mary. Are I can't think of anyone, any other Catholic artist who has the depth of poetic beauty of wow. your lyrics. Uh, well, thank here. you. Eucharistic song. <coughs> right. Here's a oh. lyric. Just... <laughs> You're setting my heart on fire reading me the lyrics. <laughs> well, here's, here's a lyric that I just highlighted that I just struck me. I said, oh, my gosh, look at how beautiful this is. Paschal rain pour yes. from your wounds. I mean, whoever heard a lyric like that in a Catholic song? I mean, even in the ancient right. hymns and stuff, you don't get – you get poet, no. poetic – images but right. in modern catholic music you know there's it's all it's all good it's all beautiful but there's right. a different quality and a different depth to something like this paschal rain pour from right. your wounds and then right after it desert heart of jesus i mean right. this is really unique stuff mary this is beautiful beautiful stuff oh, and then another one emptiness kisses your loneliness another yes. one on, in the same song, prison right. of enchain me. This is one right. song that is just chock full of super powerful mystical union images. You know, right. now for you, it's you. It's my longing. <laughs> I know, like you make me want to go to mass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is why I was very happy to. Is it, Dr. Sebastian it, asked me to review your music and, and to oh, interview you because when I saw it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really something else. People have to know about this. This is music for our times right now, you right. know, especially now with the, right. the added stress and tension of, of the pandemic and the civil unrest and the, and the right. turmoil in the hearts of people. 
your music is therapeutic. It's like a remedy. It's something that people will listen to these beautiful songs and they'll start to sort of I hope. realize that. What I want is to get my music take people where I am with Jesus through the lyrics, you know? Like what you're saying, like, oh, it comes from a depth of union. I want it to efficaciously touch souls, not just to say, oh, well, that's pretty, you know what I mean? But to have it move a heart towards God. Um, I believe it will, Mary. really do. I believe that there is power in... You know, it's so, for me as a musician, to hear your composition and the way you, you know, I know as a composer and as a musician, everything is a decision. You know, when you sit down to record and you say, okay, do we need any more instruments? Do we need a flute? Do we want a cello? Do we want uh, some keyboard stuff? Do we want uh, any harmonies here? And your decisions were, I want my guitar, I want my voice, I want my songs, my lyrics. Right. And maybe the backup guitar sometimes with, that right. you had with, with the, the priest. Right. You know, Who doesn't even want, I mean, he was like, he put it out there, but I don't want my name on anything. He's like, I was just helping you do it right. <laughs> you know? Um, you got the perfect sound. The, the Lord was guiding every sort of recording artist decision that you made. With uh, uh-huh. There's many options. I know that. Myself, there's there are many right. options recording and putting together a song. And, and it can said, be beautiful in different ways, you know? Absolutely. Um, and I think that your music... right and wrong, but... What we need... You know, you've heard of Karl Rahner, uh, Mary? Yes. Well, yes. Karl Rahner, the Jesuit theologian, died in 1984. He was 80 mm-hmm. years old. Uh, just mm-hmm. sometime before he died, he saw... What let's call it the signs of the times. He saw what was happening in the world, especially mm-hmm. in Western civilization, how Christianity was just really just fading away. And he realized that the, the point will come sometime in the near future where there won't be any sort of observable, physical, you know, visible supports, visible, you know, signs of Christianity in the culture. Like, for example... The nativity right. scene at Christmas, you know, you go down the right. street, there's one, there's one, you know, at the supermarket, right. and in the plaza, there's another, you know. That's all disappearing. You can't even say Merry Christmas. That's just, an, just a, a bold right. example of how Christianity is visibly uh, disappearing from the cultural, you know, milieu, from the cultural environment. Well, Rana saw that that, that was going to happen, and so he, he mm-hmm. his famous saying where he said, in times to come, the devout Christian will be a mystic or nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where I think your music is coming into play, is that this is music to nurture the deeper relationship, the mystical, the oneness right. relationship. Right. No, Mary, that's where I see you, see your music occupying that uh, sort of a, a budding space that's coming into the Catholic world. And you're mm-hmm. like the vanguard. You're like saying, like, this is how it's done, folks. You know, maybe you don't right. realize that. You're, you're, I don't. You're just you. You're just I never doing realize it. what I'm doing till it's done. I'm like, wow, I just did that. <laughs> I just wrote a book. <laughs> well, well, I think you're you're breaking ground in Catholic music and sort of showing the way that this is where we're going. You know, this is where right. the the Christian heart, the Catholic heart, is going. It's a simple message of mystical union with God. Because right. if you don't have that, and this is what Ron was saying, if you don't have that, mm-hmm. you're not going to have anything because there's no right. support. You have right. to have an interior relationship with right. God in the days to come because don't count on anything exterior because it's not probably not going to be there. Right. You know? So it has right. to be coming from within. And that's where I your agree. music is leading the listener. You know, right. So you your desire the for the heart. listener to... Uh, to listen to your music and to develop that deeper relationship, I believe that's going to happen. Oh, I hope. I really do hope. Um, And I will tell you, it's interesting because people who don't even necessarily have a profound relationship with God, um, if they've heard something of mine, have commented how much 
it has touched them. And so that makes me happy, you know, because then there is a, there's an encounter with God just from the voice and the guitar, you know. And I think um, if you do something simply and beautifully, it attracts souls. Um, Absolutely, you know, they, Mary. You know how I kind of see you? you? Uh, don't laugh at this, but uh, no. I'm serious about this. I see you as kind of like a new David. You know, David, uh-huh. you know, he sung his beautiful songs on uh-huh. the lyre. It could be called right. the lute, the harp, whatever. It was a little right. stringed instrument, you know. And right. he it, he was renowned for that. And so they suggested that he uh, that Saul call him, you know, King Saul, uh, the king of the Israelites, call him in because Saul was going into these slumps, these sort of depressed right. zones where he was having time, you know, a hard time getting out of them. So they, he called in David, and David would play these beautiful tunes for him. And then Paul would kind of, Saul would kind of snap out of it, you know. And, mm-hmm. so, and, and I see you occupying that beautiful, tranquil, tranquil zone of this beautiful mystical music that is going to help people to kind of snap out of their, uh, let's say, um, lukewarmness, uh, you, know, right. you know, that's just something that happens to Catholics and to all Christians. Right. They, they sometimes reach a level in the spiritual life where, for some reason, they think that's, that's all there is, or, you know, I'm happy right. here, this is comfortable. And then along comes David, you know, or in your case, the new David, mm-hmm. and starts playing on the lyre, you know, and starts mm-hmm. singing with this beautiful voice, and they say, wow, there's more. Oh, right. I'm so happy to hear this more. This is what I need. Uh, this is right. what my soul was longing for. You know, this is what's going to happen in the church, Mary, is that people are going to realize that they have to go into the relationship with Jesus. You know, he lives within. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. And he doesn't come to us in the Eucharist for the sake of bread. Like, he doesn't come to bread for the sake of bread. He becomes, you know, he turns the bread into his body so that we can receive him and he can turn us into him. And it's for that union, you know. Um, And we need to find it. We need to live it. It's not something just for that moment of the Eucharist, but then for the rest of your life, you know. Um, That's why I call that the Eucharistic song. But, I mean, it's about the Eucharist, but also, like... um, you know, it comes forth from that union with him there. Yes, well, you know, Mary, my favorite song, uh, they're uh-huh. all beautiful, and I, I'm all, they're, they're becoming, the more I listen to it, the more all uh-huh. of them are becoming my favorite. But my oh. favorite at this time is, there is a loneliness. And uh-huh. let me just share this one beautiful line. Uh-huh. This is really something else. I, I want the listeners to, if they could just listen to this right. line. There is a loneliness capable of filling one's whole life. It is the loneliness of his gift of love to us, crucified. I mean, talk about depth. Talk about it's right there. And, you know, you don't realize what a gift it is to be able to say that in lyrical form, in a melody, in a song. To be hard enough to put that... In a poem, like John of the Cross wrote beautiful poems. We right. know that they're 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 just beautiful, but to right. put uh, powerful images uh, on a par with John of the Cross into a melody with music and to sing it, uh-huh. we're talking about something really really unique. And and then right. another line from that song, Mary: "There is uh-huh. a grief, there yeah. is a grief, right. a despair in emptiness, which can right. give to deep hope." It is right. the abandonment he felt by his right. father as he drank his sweet cup. Right. These are, this is really good, Mary. You know, I mean, it's, it's straight from Jesus, Father. I can't get him. It's, it's what he teaches my heart and in a song form. I can't even, I can't even claim. <laughs> it's no, like, it's, yeah, that's. You know, that's what he that's what he wants to teach us. And I think in our world, there's so much loneliness. It's not just for me. 
there's so much loneliness and there's so much despair and there's so much darkness. But if you see it as a gift, like I met those things by meeting Jesus. And he taught me about like what is loneliness because he showed me his interior suffering, right? But now I can recognize it in other people. And so um, if I can then give that gift of union with him in that, that darkness or that loneliness and to see that, that the other side of the cross, the beauty of it, you know? Um, so somebody might be having a day where they're really despairing, but if they can see that as union with Jesus crucified, it's not their despair, but he's sharing a drink of his cup with you then it's suddenly joyful because you're with him. So. You know, Mary, this is really spiritual medicine. You know, <clears throat> you are really and truly a gift to the church. I mean that. This is, this is spiritual medicine par excellence. I hope the listeners will, will get a hold of your CD. Now, Mary, and it's um, free on YouTube. They can listen to it for free. I mean, this whole thing is when I put it out there, you can listen to it on YouTube. So, oh, um, yeah, well, that's great. So they can sample yeah, I mean, it. If you want to buy it from a syndication, and I'm not even familiar with digital music. I've never owned an iPod, <laughs> so I don't know how that works. My nephews do music in L.A. a little, so they told me a little bit about what I was doing. But, um, but... They put it, when I did this, you know, they have it on 150 syndications you can get it from, um, but it, they also put it on YouTube. So if you, you can just go and listen to it off of YouTube. and yeah. um, They can sample it, and then uh, I'm, I'm sure that after they sample it, they're going to want to buy it. And it's on, as you said, it's on all the normal platforms, right? Yeah. Amazon, every Right, place. it's at 150 of them. Oh. And like iTunes and Google Music, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. And then Amazon, they told me that somebody could order a CD and they would print a hard copy and send it to you. I haven't been able to figure out how that would be done. But that was in what they sent me. So if you're familiar with Amazon Music, maybe um, you, I would, see. you so would be able to the, see that. This would be like digital music, but to get the actual CD. Uh, right. How would because they get the actual some, physical CD? Right. Through your website? Some, or? Right. I, I made some years ago, which is what I sent you, but um, that was just like I made it on a computer, you know. Um, I would so I decided to kind of put it up this way because that's more the way that people listen to music these days. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you, uh, you were wise to do it that way. Now, Mary, one other question I, I was curious about. Um, you come from a Polish family. There is, uh, right. you know, that Polish faith. Have you ever been to Poland? Oh, yes, I lived in Poland a lot. Um, when I After I left Siberia... Oh, it was incredible. I mean, I just started getting invitations to missions all over the world. And um, sometimes it was a bishop. Sometimes it was um, a priest at a parish or a religious sister. Sometimes it was a lay community. And I would go in different missions. But in between, um, I had, uh, you know, very, very, very close friends in Poland. Um, I would say on the same level, almost as family. Oh, and, oh nice. Uh, that was like my base, right, for, from probably 2003 to 2011. Oh, my gosh. I basically and lived in, out in of any a, particular place, a town or a city or something? Wrocław is where I spent most of my time. Wrocław, which the Germans called Breslau, and it's the city where Edith Stein um, lived with her family. Her house is there. You can go see it. Um, but when she lived there, Germany had um, occupied it. But... Um, it is, it's a big city. I mean, it's, I, it's very beautiful, but um, I would stay with the sisters sometimes in Warsaw. Um, and sometimes we would visit, I would visit the sisters in Czesahava, Um And I Did spent you have, a couple of Do you have relatives in so in Poland? Not that I know of. I oh, okay. looked and up do you where speak, we're from. And do you speak any Polish? Now I do. I, know, I mean, growing up, we didn't, because my grandparents didn't want my parents to know Polish. They wanted them to know English only. But um, 
after I went to Russia, I was learning Russian and the missionaries were Polish and they said, you can't be 100% Polish if you don't speak Polish. And so they insisted that I learned it. So I learned Russian and Polish simultaneously. And um, when I speak Polish, I will make Russian mistakes <laughs> because I kind of had that in my brain that way. Um, oh, okay. It's wow. kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't make like English American mistakes. I make, and vice versa sometimes. Although, um, you know, sometimes the Poles say that I, ha- you know, I have a little bit of. Uh, I mean, the Russians say I have a little bit of Polish in my Russian, but I've also been told I have a lot of Italian in my Russian, which oh, I wow. studied Italian and Russian at the same time at Notre Dame. So, um, well, the Lord has taken you all over the world. Um, oh, he and really we've has. We've seen so many different uh, expressions, national, ethnic expressions yes. of Catholic faith. Yes. And I'm sure that a lot of that, or some of it, has become part of your own interior life and uh, and it's... absolutely and you know the african um you know the spirituals you know when you say that that song there's a loneliness there's something that reminds me of like an african woman just singing her soul out you know in the back garden um you know, as she's making the fire or whatever. Um, that's why I, I liked the fact there was minimal guitar and it was just kind of an echo, that song. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate um, the African music. I love the drums. I mean, I don't use them. But just that soulful music, you know, yes. that's, well, that's kind of influenced me as well. Exactly, Mary. That's what I'm sensing really in your music, uh-huh. knowing a little bit about your missionary life, your travels right. and such. And, and your love for uh, Jesus and such, that you would absorb a lot of these uh, spirit, the, the spirit of, mm-hmm. of the African you know, people mm-hmm. and such, the Polish people, the Russian people, right. what have you, you know, and... And uh, that would influence uh, your relationship with God and with others mm-hmm. and with music and your writing. I mean, your book right. is going to be, I think your book is going to be really a classic in time. Oh, you know, I hope. Right. To discover I hope it. Oh, it can change, touch hearts, oh, you know. If, if I can, you know, we're talking about your music right now, but just a right. little word, you know, uh, for your book, you know, uh, The Holiness of Womanhood, this is really fantastic stuff that you're pointing out, and so beautifully, the chapters just move so beautifully, and then your art, you know, the art too, mm-hmm. Mary, is unique, creative, inspiring, beautiful in every respect. Thank you. So you are a gift to this it's church. You have thing. so much going for you in this way, and the church is so happy to oh, and so I blessed hope. to to have you. You know, expressing mm-hmm. your gifts because you know you can imagine if if you had these gifts, but then you just didn't do anything with them. You know, and, you know we would be you know missing those gifts. Those gifts are important. Right. Well, it's so, funny um, because, you know, I always wanted to get married and have a bunch of kids. I'll tell you this. And I felt like Jesus was like, come on, Mary, give me everything. Give me everything. Let me squash every desire you have and let's go have fun. And, you know, I did. I gave him everything. And now he's, like, bearing fruit in these very unique ways that I never would have expected, you know. Yeah. But it's oh, more yeah. like, well, I gave him room to do it you know and if i was a mom with a bunch of kids i wouldn't have the time to give to him that's needed to do what i've done with him like i do see that i couldn't be a you know and so it's kind of just that fruit of a total yes like a blank check like he said i don't want you you know to even know what i'm going to do to you i want your fiat and he asked that years ago that was like that word you know fiat and so no matter what happens, you say fiat, and you just let me do my thing. Wow, and, um, and that's kind of like your, your, the word on your CD, you know, fiat. It's everything, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, wow. Thanks for sharing that, you know, that particular point about right. your spiritual life, about your art and such. That faithfulness, I mean, it's clear to me, I mean, looking at your artistry and the giftedness uh, and how much it's going to, you know, really serve uh, the Catholic community and, and serve souls. It, 
it's clear to me that this is your vocation. You know, your vocation is, mm-hmm. how are you living right now, Mary? Are you living uh, an eremitical life, or are you living just sort of a regular life? No. Or? Yeah, so I lived basically as a missionary and a hermit from 1999 when I graduated from Notre Dame until 2018. Just divine providence, and I spent like all my time in prayer and then just doing mission stuff for people, and God provided but basically, the well ran dry, and I, I didn't have, I needed, like, financial help. I just, I, nobody was helping me. And so I thought, okay, what's my skill set? Children. I can do children with my eyes shut, right? <laughs> and um, okay. I had a close priest friend who said to me, you know, come on, Mary, God's creative. You know, think out of the box. You could be a poor hermit soul working for the wealthy in downtown Chicago. Like, it's your heart. And so I got a job um, with Triplet Babies on Michigan Ave, downtown Chicago, and um, I worked 80 hours a week, and I did nights and then the morning hours with these babies, but it was real contemplative, but I was able to make, you know, some money um, to kind of pull myself back, uh, you know, up and to be able to provide for myself, and um, and then this year I came back to Elkhart, and I've been working as a nanny, Um so I like right now. I'm just really busy because I'm living several full-time vocations. My heart is hermity, so I really need that time. And I would love someday to be able to get back to a life where I could live an air medical life. So that I would say is my truest vocation is that gift. But there's oh, always yeah. a time for work as a hermit, and that work can be the mission kind of life. Right now. It's just a ton of work because I have a book coming out and I opened an artist store and I had a CD and I have 12 translations of that book that people are contacting me to translate. And so it's a, you know, I put that a new website together the last couple of weeks because I wanted to have things in a place. But yeah. that busyness of that will probably settle, but it's just, it's a lot. So you're living as a hermit, you're living as a missionary, and then I've got, you know, 40 some hours a week of, um, just work right with you know i'm a nanny for right now so um yeah, yeah. Well, I, did I set up a, a donation site and i hope that maybe you know i spend so much of my own money on all of this for people um if i could start getting some regular donors then at some point you know in the future i could go back to a life you know seeped more in that prayer um, oh i really hope that happens mary for you i really i'll be praying for that that Please that, do. I uh, just I longed for that time with Jesus. I went. Yeah, I I'll mean, tell you, from the time I was at Notre Dame until two years ago, I spent uh-huh. seven hours a day in adoration in a church. Yeah, with Jesus. I mean, and who? How On many, top of things, and I can't do that. <laughs> what I mean you know, that, that I observe as a priest and my pastoral experience, my missionary experience, there are there are that's a special gift. Not too many right. people have an eremitical spirit, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's a special gift. It's a beautiful gift, and it's a very necessary gift. It's really important. Right. I think that you're going to find through the Spirit, the Spirit will lead you. He will lead you to fulfill this gift, this desire to be one with mm-hmm. Jesus and to just be mm-hmm. focused on Him and to lead people right. into, into that focus, which your music is doing, your book is doing, your art is doing, uh, and... Hope. I think there would be some bishop, if you want to do it in the formal way, and if right. you don't want to do it in the formal way, there's other ways to do it. But I, I just, I believe the Lord is going to lead you to fulfill that heartfelt I desire. You know. you know, there's a point where you knock on all the doors and you look around and nothing's opening, so it's like, okay, like, <laughs> we're going to play it the tricky route, right? <laughs> you know, and Jesus yeah. is like, you know grab my hand and I'll teach you how to jump over the creek if there's no bridge, you know? And so it's kind of that freelance, you know, thing right now, but I would love to be able at some point to um, to settle back in and have that protection of the church. There is a protection that comes, you know, in that way. Um, You're going to do it, um, Mary. The, the Lord, uh, but we'll he... see what, what Jesus wants. I, I'm at the point where I, I can't even care. I have to just trust, you know, (laughs) then you're never disappointed. It's like, whatever he wants is super. (laughs) Perfect. That's perfect. That's, that's a beautiful, you know, way to approach that. Well, anyway, Mary, I I think we've uh, maybe should wrap it up at this point. And um, 
But um, so our listeners know, your new website is Mary Klaska Fiat, right? Mm-hmm. So that's yes. M-A-R-Y. Mary Klaska. Uh-huh. M-A-R-Y-K-L-O-S-K-A-F-I-A-T dot com. Yes. 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 And there you can find, I just finished it this morning translating it. So um, you can find books. You can find all my podcasts. You can find the music. You can find interviews. You can find the art connections to the artist shop. And um, and I do ask, too, for prayers that at some point I can find the means to record a second CD. I want to call it Magnificat because, you know, Fiat Magnificat, it kind of matches. And um, and that would be a real blessing to be able to kind of give a part two to people. Hello, God's Beloved. I'm Annabelle Mosley, author, professor of theology, and host of Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. I invite you to listen in and find inspiration along this sacred journey we're traveling together to make our lives a masterpiece and, with God's grace, become saints. Join me, Annabelle Mosley, for Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. God bless you. Remember, you're never alone. God is always with you. To a production of WCAT Radio, please join us in our mission of evangelization. And don't forget, love lifts up where knowledge takes flight.